Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Let me read John 1. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory. Big phrase. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's where, I wanna, where I'm going is I want to ask you, how much of the glory of Jesus have you seen? Like, as we go into Christmas, how big a deal is the gift? And so you could just ask yourself this question even now. What's the greatest gift you've ever received? Or what's a great gift that you've ever received? Or what's the best gift, if you could even think about Good gifts, gifts that you've received. I mean, even kind of running back in your brain and your memory. Okay, what are some great gifts that I've ever received? Because where I wanna go is, is that Jesus, you know it, is the greatest gift that we've ever received. Jesus has more for you to still see. There's more of who he is available for you. And at this Christmas season, imagine you not going through the season and being so busy that you don't really behold, see, meditate, think upon, spend time with, know, walk with Jesus, but actually to finish this Christmas season, this Advent season, and actually be closer to Jesus than you were before. So here we are, first Sunday of December, and I wanna ask you about that. I wanna ask you about what gifts. I mean, think about the gifts that you received. I was thinking about when I was a kid, One time, my dad was a pastor and they brought all of us on stage, all the staff children, and they went around and they gave a gift to each, all of the parents. And so theirs was like a packaged gift. And then they gave an envelope to each child. And so there was me and my siblings. And then back then we called it the choir director and his kids. And and then there was the youth pastor. He didn't have kids. And, And each one... And at the end, uh, we all just kind of open it up. And my sister, Deborah, runs up to my dad because she opens up the envelope and she screams, Dad, $20, which would have been just great, except for that his microphone was on. And so all of a sudden, the entire church just hears, Dad, $20. And the whole church just kind of breaks into applause, you know, like, oh, so cute. It's so sweet. Why? Because the little girl was celebrating a gift that was far better than she expected. It was, it was more than she expected. For me, um, in the last week, as we were planning on, last week that we were in Colorado before we moved to Kansas City, uh, I had a, a businessman from Colorado Springs that I'd known for a while and he called me and he said, can we have breakfast? And so we met and he started telling me about how great I was, which made me love the breakfast because I was just enjoying it so much. And he started telling stories about 2004 and 2007 and, and, I, and, and we hadn't spent a lot of time together, so I didn't know him that well. But then he was telling me a story about how his son encountered God at one of our conferences and and I thought, oh, this is great. He's gonna pay for my breakfast. I can feel it. Like I'm gonna get a free omelet. What's up, baby? This is gonna be good. And And uh, at the conclusion of the breakfast, he slips this envelope across the table and he says, hey, we just want to make an investment in Radiant Church. We know that you are headed east on I-70 
next week and we just want to make an investment in Radiant Church. And man, I thought, oh, awesome. Thank you, God. He's going to buy my omelet and give me enough gas to get to Kansas City. I mean, you know, like, thank God for that. And I got in the car in my Suburban and opened up the envelope. And let me just tell you this. There was more zeros than I expected. It was like mind-blowing gift. And so I just, right then and there, my Suburban, I did two things. First, I did a happy dance by myself. Like nobody can see. And I'm, is a cold, I was just like, pop, pop. I mean, I started dancing, true story. Like I, I just kind of, I just kind of exploded with excitement. So, you know, second thing, call Renata. <gasps> Guess what? You know, kind of thing like this gift is better than I expected. I was expecting an omelet. And you know what? I think we're going to be able to buy one of those big old trailers. You know, like, 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 like this is an amazing gift. Last story, and I, I remember uh, when my son Dawson was three, and my mom sent in the mail gift for him, and we opened it up. He's three years old, and the gift was almost you know about his same size. So we unwrap it, and lo and behold, right there, three-year-old, he opens up, and it's it's an ice cream maker, like old-fashioned ice cream maker appliance-ish thing. And so my mom's really creative and she's a partier. And so I just thought, oh, awesome, Dawson. An ice cream machine, sweet, you know? And he just kind of looked like, okay, you know? And so Renata and I, we just put it in the closet and we thought one day we'll make ice cream, maybe. You know, like not quite sure. And a few years later when we went to move, <laughs> pulled out the ice cream maker and I just was looking at it and opened it up <laughs> and it wasn't an ice cream maker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like inside of it was a, a little kid's sleeping bag and uh, Dawson had gone three years without that sleeping bag and <laughs> man, he could have had like a sleeping bag, but he had sheets and a blanket his whole childhood because... We never opened the gift. We only partially opened the gift. Here's the reality. I think the famous statement that John makes when he tells us about God so loving the world that he sent his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The greatest gift that's ever been given is the father sending his son, Jesus, God puts skin on and Jesus comes to earth and Jesus lives perfectly. and Jesus creates a way for you to have relationship with God forever and ever. And I think that sometimes for us, it's easy for us to have so much knowledge, so many experiences, so many wonderful songs, so much cultural things about Jesus, about Christ, that we don't ever really unwrap the gift. We think we've wrapped, unwrapped it. It's partially unwrapped. We've got some knowledge. And here's the vision in these few weeks that we have leading up to Christmas. I want to invite you to unwrap more. I want to, I want to invite you to fully unwrap, like get lost in the 89 chapters of the four gospels. Like, look at the life of Jesus and, and ask God to reveal more to you. Like, even pray 
for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know more, see more, care more, the weightiness of Christ, that you would behold more, that you would see Jesus, that the gift that the Father gave would be all-consuming. And I think even for me in the midst of Christmas season, I think it's easy for us to take all the cultural things that have generated over time, maybe tradition, own desires, and to put kind of a lens where we put what we want for Christmas as the center. And so over time, subtly, nobody ever says, Jesus is not my priority. Nobody says the weather is my priority or gifts are my priority or family is my priority. But over time, it's easy for all these other things to take up so much space that if you were to conclude the Christmas season, you're not any closer to Christ than when you started. And imagine going into this Christmas with a vision. And I wanna invite you to even in these next three weeks before Christmas to have a vision to really get close to Christ, to really get close to Jesus, to really, to really look at who he is, to really have Christ become way more fascinated inside your heart, revealing to your eyes of who Jesus really is and that Jesus would be of greater fascination, of greater worth. And I think, I think it's easy for us to take all the things that we love and we love some great things, right? Christmassy stuff, we like we like the weather to be right. Come on. I mean, we, 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 we want it. I got an amen. I mean, we, we want a white Christmas. I mean, or, or we, want, we want a gift. There's a certain gift that we want. All I want for Christmas is my two teeth. I've got, I got vision on the gift. I got vision on what I want. We ask the question, what do you want for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? We got a vision for us to have the right people there, the right music on, the, all the things Right, real simple idea, but I wanna invite you to think, even if I don't get those things right, but I have the worth, the excellency, the surpassing greatness of Christ, of knowing Jesus, greater revelation this Christmas, than I have the Christmas he wants for me. I wanna invite you to think, all right, and, and listen, I love those things. I, 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 love, I love the traditions, I love festivities. I was with my family last week and we all got into an elevator at the hotel and I'm, I'm that guy, I'm the festive guy. I thought it was just our family. So I started singing because we could look out the window and you could see the snow. And so I just started singing at the top of my lungs. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. You know, and I look over to see my daughter Olivia put her head down like this. And I look at Dawson as he turns and stares at the wall. <laughs> Only to notice that my son is so tall, I couldn't see there was another guy in the elevator. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I was like, oh, sorry, man. He's like, no, that sounded good. That sounded good, you know. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, like, I get it. I like the songs. I, I want things to be right. I, I, I like that. But let's just... Let's just look at this Christmas. Go intentional. I'm gonna to go to some practical application, but let's be intentional 
about in the midst of all the good things that we get the great thing, in the midst of all the traditions that we tend to treasure, that we treasure Christ above all things, that he's the one that we put right at the center, that the weightiness of the gift that the Father gave, for God so loved the world that he gave, that that becomes what we treasure more than anything. We treasure it. We treasure it more than the food. We treasure it more than the football. We treasure it more than the gifts. We treasure it more than the songs. We treasure it more than all the traditions we want. And, and it's very easy. It's very easy to verbalize it, but I'm talking about in the way that it plays out in your life. I'm talking about the way that it looks in your actual time, affections, and dollars, where you talk to your spouse or you you get alone with God and you figure out what does it look like for us? God, how do you want us to have the worth of Christ be a big deal, to have the worth of Christ be massive for us? That this gift that Jesus came to earth, that God gave, that it would be, that I would see more than I've seen, that I would unwrap more. And I'm talking about you making that application in your head, your heart, on your calendar, your checking account, your prayer life, your Bible, your relationships. What does it look like? I mean, just getting that vision. What does it look like this Christmas, these few weeks? Because it's going to go by in a flash. And I'm just imagining us as a church spending this month and actually concluding after, after this, the, this, this season about Christmas, the season about Jesus, actually being close to Jesus, actually having greater revelation, actually having stories and moments in your marriage with your children, in your conversations about who he is and what he's done. Here's the reality. He's a better gift than you know. Oh, no, 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 I know. No, I've been... A, Christian my whole life. I memorized veggie tales as a child. I, no, I, no, 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 you. No, 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 David, I've, I've got a PhD, baby. I know some stuff. I, I went to seminary. Shut up, you, right? Like you, like, like I know you're cool. I know, you got, I know, I, I know that you're, you, you often take this and you set it aside and go, this is for somebody else, not me. No, I'm talking you. I'm talking me, asking the Holy Spirit, how do you want to reveal Jesus to me? How will you open up my eyes that I would care that the worth of Jesus, the excellency of Jesus, the surpassing greatness of Jesus, as Paul's words, is what I care about this Christmas. Because what starts to happen is I behold who he is and, and the worth of Christ starts to kind of just push out some other things. So I'm not up here to preach against Rudolph. I'm not up here to preach against, uh, I don't know, Mistletoe. I mean, I'm not here to print all those things, but what happens is when you get, when you get the, the excellency, the worth, I want to behold Jesus, those things just tend to fade out compared to, he's what you talk about. He's what we're singing about. He's what the songs are about. And the temptation is to have in a culture where we sing about a lot of other things, where it tends to be all about me. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. All I want for Christmas is, this isn't about silver bells. This isn't about your teeth. This is about, sorry, you know what I'm talking about. All I want for Christmas, two front teeth. All I want is the hippopotamus, all the songs. It's not about those things. 
but e- it's easy for those things to creep in because we gotta, we gotta I'm not, I know this is kind of like prophet sounding David, kind of, I'm not ticked off preacher here today, but we got a culture that's just pushing in a lot of, a lot of stuff and unless you get laser clear on the meaning of Christmas, it's easy for you to have just this big assortment of songs and traditions and stuff. And I'm telling you, get a vision. This is who we are. So parents, even the way the traditions that we build, it's around Jesus. I mean, the, the things that you do in this Christmas season. Yes, we we want to be people to celebrate Jesus all year round. But I am saying in this Christmas season to take it up a notch. I am saying in this Christmas season, have a vision. What does it look like for you? What does it look like for your marriage? What does it look like for your family? What, what, how, how, do, how, do I, how do I spend time with Jesus? I got, a, I got an, an email yesterday from a man who's in his 70s. And uh, it's not my dad. I know you all think every story I have is about my dad. It's, it's, it's a man in his 70s, and he was just telling me about his vision. And it said for, and he called it 25 days around the throne. And the idea was, Leading up to Christmas in December, he was going to take 25 days, what, what, how, how he was setting apart this season to be alone with Jesus. And I just want to invite you, get yours, get your vision. Like, what does it look like? What does it look like for you to kind of just have Jesus be so central that it does just kind of push out some of the fluff? <laughs> you, just, you just don't care about that eggnog as much because it's not really about the eggnog. Oh, that's great and gingerbread houses and all those things are fun. But I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm just saying it's not an issue of either or. It is an issue of order. There is one who has surpassing worth that makes all those things rubbish. And I'm just asking you to get that back in your head and your heart. I know, I know. We love the festivities, we love, but I, I'm asking you to get central. I got this vision. I'm going to know Jesus, and I'm going to care about what he's about. And my, if you're married, man, I, I, want, I want my marriage to be centered around Jesus. And if you're a parent, man, I want my kids to know Jesus. And so it's not just this back burner, of course. That's what people always do. Well, of course, of course, of course, of course. And I tend to go, yeah, 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 show me. Like, we talk about what we care about. We, we schedule what we care about. We, we spend money on, on what we care about. And so just get with God and say to your spouse, hey, what does Christmas look like for us this year? What does it look like in how we spend our time and our resources? What does it look like in, in our affections and what songs we sing? And Oh, David, come on, chill out. No, 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 no. You, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying any, I'm not the guy that's saying, don't sing the Rudolph song. It's evil devil. No, none of that. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I am the guy that's saying, get very clear the pipeline of Jesus content that you want in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family, in your, it, how, how you talk at work, what you get excited about. Man, you got that clean and crystal clear? Man, come on, put some icing on some cookies and but all that stuff overflows out of it. You get that pipeline strong and you'll, so I wanna invite you to just get that vision. Like, what, is it, what does it look like for you? And John, I just love John because I get this feeling from John when I read John that he's just overwhelmed with Jesus. I mean, he's just, 
Revelation 1 is the story where he falls down when Jesus visits him. And I'm gonna go to where he concludes his gospel where he's just kind of overwhelmed. But there is time after time where you can just feel his fascination. Like Jesus is awesome. Jesus is the greatest gift. He's the one that gives, gives these, this language in John three sixteen. He's the one that, I just love this in John 1 where he just adds this. He says, the word became flesh, lived for a while among us. I mean, you could just stop there. God became man, God put skin on. He lived for a while among us. And he adds this phrase, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son came from the father full of grace and truth. And you can feel the, I can feel, I just see this marvel, this respect, this weightiness, this worth. Because here's the good news of Christmas. God becomes man. And God on earth, I like the way that Paul says it. Because Paul even adds the Colossians 2.9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That's a strong sentence. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. I just want you to imagine the word became flesh. I mean, God of the ages. So you want to know what God is like? I mean, you can look at the face of Jesus and see what God is like. You can see God with skin on, relating to people, caring for the poor, listening to the children, teaching. And so... Since he is our Lord, since he is our savior, since he is the prince of peace, since he is the king of kings, since he is the wonderful counselor, since he is the one that we have said is our savior and our Lord and our hope and our magnificent obsession, and then maybe we do well to just get alone and get our eyes full of Jesus so we can get our head full of Jesus, so we can get our heart full of Jesus, so we can get our actions full of Jesus. John's just... I think marveling, where it became flesh, he lived for a while among us. I was thinking about that phrase, he lived for a while among us. Or he dwelt, you know, there he is, he's dwelling among us. And you, you, can, you can read through the different moments where Jesus is interacting and Jesus, Jesus knew who he was. And I, I, find, I, I find some of the moments like almost intimidating when Jesus is engaging. Look at, look at this, this is just another story that John includes in that same chapter. Look at this. He knows who he is, God incarnate. He says, it says, when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Look at Jesus' response. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? I love this phrase. You will see even greater things than that. <laughs> like, I just love Jesus just knowing who he is. He's going, you're impressed because I said I saw you under the fig tree. Like, brother, you, you, wait till the next chapter. I'm gonna turn some water into wine. Like, this is, it's gonna get better. Like, he's got this, this knowledge of who he is. He's walking on planet earth, the God man, he dwelt among us. Another version, he lived for a while among us. I mean, he's dwelling. I mean, just if you're John, there's this marvel and awe. He's with us. Look at this story. John 6, 60 says this. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? 
Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the son of man ascend to where he was before? <laughs> he's going, uh, I mean, he's got the Isaiah 6 in his mind where creatures falling down, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, wasn't as it is to come. This offends you, wait till you see, you, you, know, you know who I am? He knows. And John's going, oh man. He looked at Nathaniel and he was like, oh, you're fixing to see. It's interesting because John gives these seven different signs or these seven different miracles in the life of Jesus. And I think John, as he writes about Nathaniel, it's Jesus just adding this like, you're gonna see even great. I mean, come on, you're impressed with the fig tree, the, the tree? Like what? What? John 6, you, <laughs> this is hard. Just wait, you know who I am? Jesus prayed it in John 17. Look at this prayer that John includes. And now, Father, famous one, we talked about it this summer. Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with, the glory I had with you before the world began. I mean, that's, Jesus talking about the pre-incarnate glory. I mean, before I came, the glory I had with you Here's my point. Here's God. He comes to earth. He knows who he is. John's going, ay, 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 ay. Man, the word became flesh. He dwelt among us. There's all these stories of the miraculous, stories of engaging that John includes. He dwelt among us. I want to invite you to think about Jesus dwelling on earth. And I want to invite you to make it your fascination on a greater level where you know, I can tell you the, man, I can tell you the stories in John. I can, I can, why? Because you've meditated on him. You've spent time. I mean, those, those, you're not pulling on those 89 chapters as when you, Sunday school when you were a child. They're fresh because you've been with Jesus recently. Because the people that you love the most, you tend to want to know all the details of their lives. I ask Renata about her day. Why? Because I care about her. I ask about the details of her life. Why? Because she's my bride, right? I, I care about her. Hey, he's your Lord. He's your Savior. You want to know the details. You want to know the names of Jesus. You want to know the attributes. You want to know the stories. You want to know, you've got this fascination, this, I care about who he is, what he's like. And I'm asking you this Christmas to say, all right, God, help me. I want to be fascinated with who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's doing. And he says this, this is the phrase I love. Here's John. He goes, the word became flesh and he dwelt for a while among us. And then John adds this one. And we've seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. I was just thinking about that phrase. We have seen his glory. I mean, you could go to so many different moments, but I, I picture John going, you've got, oh guys, you've got no clue. I, 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 I mean, he's so amazing. Actually, I mean, we could go to Mount of Transfiguration. We could go to all the different moments where they see supernatural activity. We could go to conversations. But I just want to go to the one where he concludes his book, right? Where he finishes the story. 
because this is how he finishes his gospel. So I just like this one. It says, this is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose even the whole world would not have room for the books that have to be written. <laughs> you hear the fascination? I, I, I suppose if we were to write it all down, the whole world couldn't contain the books. Compare that to, yeah, 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 I've heard the one about the 5,000. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the one about the wine. I've heard the one about the fish. Yeah, 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 I know he walked on water. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, this is the spirit we often have. Oh, yeah, 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 I know that. Shut up. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, 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 I've heard it. I'm not talking about if you've heard it. No, I'm talking about if, if, if the story of the God-man is alive inside of you and you, you, you I mean, you've, you think upon him and you, you, you know him and, and those stories are part of your story because, man, he's the king and he's the, I mean, he's the Lord of my life and he's, he's my future. And no, 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 I'm not talking about your ministry. No, 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 I'm not talking about, I'm talking about you having this fascination. Not where you leverage him to do your thing. No, I'm talking about where you like to spend time talking to, hanging out with the one. Who is God became man. Where your story is, man, I've seen a little glory. I have beheld him and I have devoured Matthew and I have devoured Mark. I've been reading Luke and John. Man, I love these stories and these stories. Why? Because you love him. Because he's the one that we say is our everything. He's the one we sing about. He's the one that we celebrate. And I'm just telling you, there is more to unwrap. There's more than you know. I think you've shoved the gift in the closet. I think I've shoved the gift in the closet. I think that the capacity of what Jesus wants us to see is more than we've seen. What he wants to do in our lives is more. And I think that there's a, there's a wealth to the splendor and the excellency of Jesus if we'll meditate on his word, if we'll get alone and we'll pray and find the things that you love about Jesus and be able to say them. I'm not talking about, here's what my preacher says. I'm not talking about your favorite author. I'm not talking about your favorite podcast. I'm talking about you're alone with God and there are these things that you just, that you just love, right? Like I can tell you things about Renata that I just love. I'm not gonna tell you right now, but just, man, I just, I know details about her life because she's my wife. I know, I got things about my kids. I just enjoy, I just, why? Because we've got this real relationship that I just, I just, I just enjoy, like, I'll tell you one, like, I love, like, like last week, Dawson and I, <laughs> we were watching Christmas videos of him when he was three, and we always joke because in the last couple of years, we've noticed that we have a similar personality, and so I'll look at him, I'll be like, man, you're so handsome, he would be like, man, you're so handsome, and I'll be like, man, you're so cool, he would be like, man, you're so cool, 
he's, he'll look at me, you know, I've told you this on Sundays and afterwards and be like, man, you crushed it. I'll be like, man, you crushed it in the sound booth. Like, it's just, it's just kind of part of like, I don't know why, but we both just do it. And so we were watching like Christmas has gone by. We were watching when he was like three or four and he was, he was opening up this present and here I am videoing and it's just, you know, me and him. And I'm like, man, Josh, you look great today. And he looks at me and goes, dad, you look great today. You know, and <laughs> I'm like, man those jammies look good on you he's like I like what you're wearing daddy I mean and I was like Dawson looked at me and goes man we're still doing that you know like that ain't new it's because it's 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 real friendship it's this real relationship it's not it's not memorized it's just it's it's vital it's present it's got a it's got a past tense here's what I invite you with I want to invite you to just have some things that man you've You've spent time in the Gospels. You've read what Paul says in the epistles. You've looked at the Old Testament and read about some of the prophetic things about Jesus, and it's, it's alive in you. Man, I love this about Jesus. Like, like one of the things I love about Jesus, it's just, I love, one of my favorites is, I love the story in Luke 2 where he's 12 years old, and he's like sparring with the present tense theologians, you know, the Pharisees back then, and the parents lose him because he's so busy in the temple. And I, I, I realize I have told that, I have preached that so many times. Why do I love it? I think it's because I, I got four kids that are that age. I got eight, 11, 12, 14. Man, I want them to know Jesus right now. You know, like it just flows out. I think it's probably because I've worked so much with teenagers. I think it's because I had an encounter with God when I was 12. But for me, I just love that story. So, man, when it's me and Jesus, come on, Luke 2, baby, that story. That's alive in me. I want you to just have, have some of the things that you got. I just love that. I, I often bring up how the father audibly declares to his son that he loves him at the baptism or at the transfiguration. There's a moment right before the crucifixion where he says, I have glorified it and I will. There's three times that the father audibly declares to his son how much he delights in him, how much he loves him. I just love those. I got, and I was wrestling. Well, you know, a big part of my story is a, just having a dad that loved me. And so, man, I can read that and it's, it's precious to me. I, ah, oh, I can see it and I feel it. And here's my point. Man, you want this Christmas, just who Jesus is, what he's done. God became man. Dwelt for a while among us. And here's what I want you to get. I've seen a little glory. I've, I, I've, I've seen a little bit of who he is. I've meditated on the word of God. I want to invite you. Get alone with God. Just this Christmas. Yeah, just, I mean, take an afternoon. Take a morning. Take an evening. And just get alone with God. Just have a few hours to say that my only goal is I want to get close to Jesus. No, 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 David, I can't do that. I got 17 parties to play and I got 17 kids. I drink eggnog every day. <laughs> That's the problem. You get this hiccup. I don't have for time for Christ at Christmas. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Reframe, reorient, push out so that you can get this pipeline. I'm gonna be with Jesus. I wanna invite you, make a plan.
It's not my plan. It's not your pastor's plan for your life. It's the Holy Spirit's plan for your life. I'm just pointing you toward it. Go binge. Go binge on the Gospels. <laughs> you binge on Netflix. Hey, what Christmas video, what Christmas movie should I binge watch? Go, go binge read the Gospels. Go get alone and say, God, Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to me at this Christmas. And I want my songs about Jesus. Why? Because I'm legalistic and I don't understand that we don't have to fight over Santa. No. I just, I got Jesus so much in me. I just, I don't care so much about fruitcake and eggnog and Rudolph. I care about the Christ. The word became flesh. I mean, he dwelt among us. We've seen his glory. I gotta see more. I've seen a little. I gotta see more, God. I wanna see more on your word. I want more of a life of prayer. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be more about what Jesus is doing in the present tense on the planet. So my time and my dollars, my affections, they're all bent around Christ the Savior who's come changed history. I just don't have as much time. And I'm preaching to myself. I love, I love this season right now, and I love eggnog. I love it when my team is in the college football playoffs. I like deep dish Chicago pizza on Christmas day. I like four kids opening stockings. I, I just, I love looking at my bride, saying, hey, what are we gonna plan for this year? I love all those things. I'm not saying those things are bad. Have the things you love, but have the one thing is the center is Christ at Christmas it's Jesus the word became flesh dwell for a while among us and we have seen his glory just get in your heart God let me see a little bit more glory of Jesus let me just unwrap a little bit more I think I've just shoved that gift in the closet a little bit I think I've assumed that I've opened it but there is a better gift inside than you know it's, it's a gift that's perfect it's a gift that's amazing. It's a gift that you can't comprehend. I don't care if you made a 36 on your ACT and you're a billionaire and you can run faster than Tim Tebow. It's just, I don't care how awesome you are. He's awesomer, more awesome, smarter than me. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We come before you today. We wanna to be your people. We just want to be followers in the present tense at Christmas time that know Jesus and walk with Jesus. And I ask Holy Spirit, help us. And open our eyes to see Jesus. We want Jesus to be right in the middle this Christmas. We thank you for the gift. Let it transform us and change us. ask the Holy Spirit just right now what do you what do you want me to do Lord how do, Holy Spirit lead me how, how do I respond to this message 
going to make Jesus the center of Christmas this year. Just 10 more seconds, you and God. Just that one application, what's he calling you to? What's he saying for you? Here today and you want to put Jesus at the center of your life and maybe he maybe maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus but you want to you want him to be the Lord of your life I invite you just to pray this prayer Father I come to you in the name of Jesus thank you for sending your son to die for me thank you that he lived a life I could not live he's perfect Thank you that he died for me. Thank you that he rose from the dead. Today, I want to begin a journey following Jesus. I give you my life. Save me from my sin. Heal me and change me that I might look like Christ Jesus. Jesus' name.